goes a little something like this. Ready? basically they look like they were drunk and I was, you know, concerned for my life. And, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was just like super judgmental, like, Oh, that's probably not real. <laughs> that's definitely not real. Like when people do that, you know, definitely like a le- level of criticism or, um, disbelief that that's God, you know, cause they're like, Oh yeah, God did this to me and God did that. And they're like laughing and snorting. And I'm like, this is wild. I'm just going to pretend that I'm sleeping basically. So I did. <laughs> Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. We capture stories on this podcast of how Jesus became real to people and radically transformed their lives. Check out Disciple of City on Facebook and Instagram, our website at discipleofcity.ca, and if you have any questions, you can email us at information at discipleofcity.ca. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us along on Instagram at the Toddcast underscore DAC. And finally, friends, if you really want to get encouraged, download the United Hive app. You can see daily testimonies and stories that people from all over the world post of interactions they've had, praying for people, seeing salvations, healing, deliverance, and so much more. Download the United Hive app today. My guest today is originally from what we call The Rock, Newfoundland, Canada. She's currently living in Ontario. She's a mom of three. She's done heaps of traveling. She sings. She's a professional photographer capturing stellar moments in time. And she's recently had a radical encounter and what we like to call heavy revy. Please welcome Catherine Leach. that. Hi, heavy Revy. Todd, hey. so good. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> Buddy. How are you? I'm so good. Amen. Yeah. Having a good day? <laughs> so much better now that I'm here laughing with you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Think we'll get through it? <laughs> I'm going to try not to snort too much. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so welcome. Thanks for coming into the studio. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Really uh, um, enjoyed hearing some of your story as we've done a little bit of traveling recently with Disciple of City and just thought, hey, great story. (laughs) (laughs) It is a great story. There's some heavy revy in there. Jesus makes the best stories. Right? Yeah. So, um, so, Catherine. (laughs) Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just, uh, share a little bit about like, like growing up, growing up in Newfoundland and, and what faith was like as yeah. you grew up, just sort of the backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I grew up, uh, there's seven of us kids and single mom. Um, and yeah, just a lot of, um, yeah, there's, we have a, a lot of addiction in my family, a lot of abuse, um, wasn't like, you know, the best in terms of, um, you know, great, the best start in life. But, um, my grandmother used to take me to church. She used to take me to the Salvation Army church with her. 
And um, there was like a program every single day of the week. And I was there every single day of the week. Uh, it was my favorite just being in a different environment. I knew, like there was just something different, you know, um, and just so much love. And so, yeah, I, um, I loved going there and um, that's where I came to know about Jesus and gave my life to him. Um, super conservative. So no shaka baba for sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, uh, what, what, what do you like if someone's listening, that's not really like, I don't want to say cultured, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, really yeah. understands what do you mean by conservative? Like, yeah, just in terms of, um, you know, we believe we, be, you know, it's a Christian faith, um, father, son, Holy spirit, but there's not so much talk about the Holy spirit, um, in terms of like, um, you know, definitely no gifts of the spirit kind of thing or, um, yeah, it was just like, Jesus comes and lives in your heart and, um, um, you know, yeah, be good and live, <laughs> be good, and live, stuff like live that. a good life. And, yeah. um, yeah, didn't go, um, in terms of like, um, you know, yeah, we just wasn't like go forth and make disciples kind of thing. It was like, Hey, let's come to church together. And, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So sorry, where was I going with this? Right. My life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so anyway, um, yeah, I feel like I, I grew up, even though my circumstances in my family weren't the best, um, I was known as, kind of a laughing Catherine. I was pretty joy filled. Um, everyone knew me to be like the happiest kid ever. And I really looking back on it now, um, just like the fact even that my family went kind of one way and I went in another way with the Lord and everything that I saw that was, that I was, that was very like, I would discern, Oh, that's not good. And I actually want to do this instead. Um, when I look back on it now, it was just the Holy spirit. I just didn't know. Right. Because beyond just the name Holy spirit, it didn't really there wasn't that connection of, Oh, the Holy spirit actually like lives in me and and flows through me. So yeah. Um, and then somewhere along the line, as I grew up, um, you know, lots of stuff happened in between, but as I grew up and moved away and I exchanged that joy for, um, control, I would say, um, because I had such a hard upbringing and, and just even going into like, um, yeah, living my life, just having so many things happen. Um, control for me felt really safe to, for me to be in the driver's seat, even though, you know, I grew up my whole life being like, Oh Jesus, take the wheel, you know? Um, in theory that sounded nice, but you know, I really, um, wanted that control. Um, cause no one could hurt me that way in my mind. No one can hurt me. I call all the shots, you know? Um, but it definitely wasn't as free as I um, thought it would be. Um, yeah. And so I moved to Ontario, met my husband, moved to Ontario when I was, we got married when we were like 20. What brought you to Ontario? The man. Yeah. I met him at a camp, band camp. A band camp? <laughs> at band camp. Yeah. <laughs> he was an E-flat tuba player. I was the tromboner. Um, it was good. Like yeah. where? In, in, in Newfoundland? No, actually, it, I every summer since I was like 15, I was like, I was always trying to just go and do my own thing. And so I would go to a different camp, like a Salvation Army camp um, and for like, they were called fresh air camps. Kids would come um, low income for free and we would um, 
yeah, have a super, super time. So you went to a camp in Ontario. So yeah, this was like it's a long way to I go. I was 16. I came, oh, well, my first one was British Columbia. It's like Northern British Columbia. Oh, wow. Yeah. When I was 15, I was like, those are good experiences. Yeah, it, it was, it was great. Um, and just good to be on my own. Just like, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I met him. For context yeah. for people outside of the country, how long is the flight from Newfoundland to Vancouver? Oh yeah. Um, uh, seven hours six seven hours maybe yeah yeah it's a long go yeah it's a long trot so yeah and then I met him at a camp in Ontario um he was like hey let's date I was like oh sorry boys are dumb um (laughs) 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 Um, and then he followed me to new like I went back to Newfoundland um and he followed me there (laughs) when he finished high school um so we um like he moved out there yeah he literally moved out there his parents thought he was nuts um and um yeah I live with my brothers and my my mom's downstairs apartment and um yeah just was relentless you know so yeah. me over and then i went with ywam for a year and then when i came back not too long after that we got married one of two things you should think if a guy's gonna follow you all the way to the rock yeah is that either he's crazy or he's the one right and it ended up that i thought he was crazy but he was also the one <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool so, so what, like you, did you guys get married there or did you come back here or what brought you eventually back to Ontario? What did that like? Yeah, no. Uh, so after he only was there for about three or four months and then I went with YWAM. Um, and then when I came back, I decided to move to Ontario. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then we got married in Newfoundland, just like flew down for the wedding. And then I don't know, man, we backpacked through Europe. We lived in Montreal for a bit. You and him. <laughs> to an all French school. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> we just, yeah, we, we grew up together, you know. Where did you do YWAM? Um, it was actually based out of Mississauga, but it was uh, a mobile Caribbean DTS. So it was like five different Caribbean countries that we did. What, what were they? What'd you see? Yeah. Um, Bahamas, Jamaica, Barbados, Guyana, and really? uh, Haiti. Yeah. My family's from Guyana. That's right. Right? I did know that. Remember? Yep. Yeah, that's really <laughs> it cool. It was a shocker for me, but yeah. Yeah. Going there or that no, my you, family? No, that, that you were from Guyana. Yeah. Why, why a shocker to you? I don't know. <laughs> the, the accent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you did the accent, I was like, okay, I believe you. I thought you were trying to pull my leg, but yeah. It's like the red hair, but yeah. I got some garlic pork upstairs. You can have that. Then you'll really know the truth. <laughs> yeah, give me a fee buy. How long is that? <laughs> So that's cool. So you did that rolling DTS and then you guys yep. backpacked all over Europe together. Yep. Like after you got married or yep. yeah. where, where did you like, where'd you go there? Literally everywhere. We really? got a Eurail trip, a Eurail uh, pass and uh, just rode the train. That's awesome. All around. Yep. Three months. I think we were there. Man, jealous as I wish yeah. I did that. <laughs> it was super sweet. I wasted my twenties. Mm. That's so good. So then you finished all that and, and went to, uh, French school, you say in Quebec, what you, in Montreal, what did you, what do you uh, mean? We were working with the Salvation Army, um, just in the downtown area of, of Montreal. Um, just, yeah, we were like helping, um, just different ministry, um, helping people on the streets and that kind of thing. So we needed to learn French. So we ha- were part-time in a French school. We, did it, we weren't there for a super long time, but yeah. Okay. So faith-wise at this point in your life, where's he at? Like as a couple, where are right, you guys right. at as a couple if you've kind of not traded, but your joy was more about control now? Right, yeah. So where was your faith at 
as a couple and f- well, obviously more yeah. so for you, but. And that was, so when we moved there, we were only there for like maybe three or four months. Um, and then we moved back to Peterborough. But um, yeah, I think that we were just trying to figure it all out. When I say we grew up together, like we really were growing up trying to figure it out together, which was harder than I think either of us thought. Um, and yeah, I think, um, again, I just always felt like my whole life that I hit, I kept hitting the ceiling with the Lord. Like, um, you know, I loved God and I knew that he could still use me, but like I, beyond that, I didn't feel like, I knew there was more and I just couldn't get to the more. I'm like, God, why can't I get past the ceiling? I'm just yo-yoing off of like, this is as far as I can go with you, but I know there's more. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's what my life felt like for a really, really long time. Cause like I've been a Christian my whole life and um, yeah, I just couldn't figure out how to get where I knew there was more with God. Yeah. So what does that, what does that mean? Like when you were at the school, like when you were serving with Salvation Army, you felt like you were doing stuff, but you like weren't completely satisfied or. Yeah. Like I just knew like it wasn't just about doing good things and it wasn't just about, um, yeah, like being a good person. I just knew there was more. I knew that it was like, yeah, just that God had more. It just, that I was just so, I was so certain, even though I hadn't seen anything different, that there was more. Um, and we now know yeah. oh, that no. <laughs> more is the key, key word so in that sentence. More. Yeah. And even with YWAM too, I mean, that was really eye-opening for me coming from more of a conservative background. Um, you know, there was a lot that we talked about in terms of spiritual gifts and all those kinds of things. Um, and um, But still, I wasn't experiencing the more I was hearing about the more, but I hadn't experienced it. Right. And I think, yeah, I think that was, there was a couple of reasons why I wasn't, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share what yeah. those couple of reasons <laughs> might be? Yeah. And it kind of ties into to what happened in Sask, but I think that one control huge, um, because I, I wasn't surrendered to Jesus. I don't actually think that I fully trusted that he could love me the way that I thought like the way that I felt in my heart that I longed to be loved. Um, and I think that came from a lot of different things, like my background with my family, like just wanting to be loved by my mom and my dad and just never feeling like I was. And, um, all throughout my relationships with people, I just always felt like, um, you know, like people pleasing was a huge thing. So I'm like, Hey, I, I want to be loved. Um, and, and, and because of my background with abuse, I can walk into a room and, and tell you who everybody in the room is really quickly. I can kind of discern, okay, you're safe, you're not safe, or this is your personality. So I could almost chameleon myself to talk to a person the way I perceived that they wanted to be talked to, if that makes sense. It's not, yeah, I wouldn't call that freedom for sure, but it was almost like a, um, um, yeah, it was just out of self-preservation when I was younger, but carried throughout my life. Um, And so, yeah, I think like that wanting to be loved and that void that I had there to be loved by people um, and not feeling like it was enough. And I just, yeah, I don't think that I felt like God, God could, yeah, I don't think I trusted that his love was enough. And so I had all this control and I wasn't surrendered to him. Um, So that was one. Um, And then two, um, (laughs) what was two? (laughs) (laughs) there was a two. Oh, obedience. I mean, a lot of people, if they know me, they know that I can be stubborn and hard headed. Um, and, 
I was definitely that way with the Lord. I just, a lot of things were based on feelings. Like, you know, like for example, even just reading the Bible, I, you know, I would read for the Bible for like five days and then, and then like two days would go by, you know, and two days turned into two months and then my life was a mess. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> where did this, you know, I was just never consistently, um, in the word of God praying, um, even though I believed, right. And I wanted to, but I wasn't hungry and I wasn't obedient to, until I was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Cause yeah. sometimes, sometimes we're in a place where we know. Yes. Yeah. And we can know and believe without hunger, mm-hmm. but it's the hunger that drives the pursuit of intimacy. And yes, exactly. So where do you fall in the line of the seven kids, brothers and sisters? Where are you in that order? Yeah. Um, I'm the third from the top. Um, but then there was some big age, like gaps gaps. in there. So, I mean, my younger years, perhaps I was kind of middle. Um, I was definitely middle between two of my brothers that are close in age to me. And then I had an older sister. Um, and then, and then I kind of took on the eldest role, even though I wasn't. Um, and that's just because of my personality, I think. And that I was, you know, willing to do the eldest roles and no one else was. And so, so, um, and you said you're single mom. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I mean, I definitely, I think what's that word, uh, parentified, you know, where a child is kind of turned into a parent a little bit. And so my roles were not so much a sibling role, but as a, as a mother role to my younger siblings. Yeah. Um, because I was much older. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to pry or how much you want to get into it, but right, with right. a single mom of seven, like mm-hmm. you're mom's got to be pretty busy working or doing whatever for the family. So do you think that like whatever you felt there, like you, you talked about not feeling as loved as you wanted to be or should right. be or whatever. Do you think like just yeah. your mom being stretched? Yeah. With, so with she, all that? she didn't work. Um, and we had, my grandparents helped a lot uh, with us kids. Um, but she was always busy just doing other things. Um, yeah, she was, it was a, she was busy, but I think the biggest thing was actually just that, um, so much trauma from her past, like there's mm. so much generational abuse. And so, so much of that from her own past, you know, um, she wasn't able to love us. Like she wasn't able to love me the way that I needed to be loved. Um, you know, and so I think that was just a big thing. Mm. Yeah. I think that was the biggest one. What was your dad in the picture? Did you see your dad or? He would, I don't know, but once in a while he'd come over home for Christmas, but he moved to Toronto and did roofing and yeah. For, it, for work? Yeah. They divorced when, when I was quite young. Yeah. And then, yeah. And even still, that's pretty predominant in Newfoundland, right? To just go off and work for work, right? Yeah. Like, yeah I, it's hard on the Island. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And growing up, I knew a lot of, a lot of Newfies that would come to, to work because yeah. there's only so much and, but they just couldn't wait to get back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and it's, it's funny. Hey, like I, I feel like I released my dad from any kind of obligation when I was really young. I just understood things really quickly. I had to grow up quickly. And, um, but with my mom, we, she was always in my life and I just so desired to be loved by mom, by my mom, you know, and that's, it's a good thing to want that. But, um, yeah. And now with a healed heart, right. I look back and I say, you know, like I'm actually, all my desires are fully met in God now. And so I don't, um, it's not dependent on whether how she loves me. Right. And that's freeing. But at that time when I didn't know the love of God in that way, when I didn't know that he could heal and fill all those holes, it felt 
yeah, really lonely. Um, and I was just grasping for more love. Yeah. Okay. So back to your, you're back in Ontario, you're, yep. you're married and stuff like that. Where, and then I guess you guys start to have kids. So what, where was your faith at and that whole control thing that you talked about? Yeah. Leading up or kind of building up to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of control, you mean like, yeah. Or where were, where was your journey? Just going back to saying about how like you didn't have that hunger. So when did that start to change for you? How about that? The hunger? Yeah. It didn't. Not until Sask. That's what I'm saying. Like my whole life. Right. I didn't have this hunger, but I wanted to, and I couldn't figure out how to get there. Um, And so, you know, I still, not to say all those years, like I felt like God still used me. Right. And, and I felt like, you know, I still loved God and he loved me and it wasn't like I wasn't going to go to heaven or you know what I mean? It was none of that. It was just, I just wanted more and I couldn't figure out how to get there. We went to a couple different churches as we moved um, around and, um, just trying to find the more. Yeah. Trying to find the more. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't have, I didn't chase after any kind of crazy addictions or anything like that. Trying to find the more, it was more like, um, for me, it was more people. It was like, I just wanted to have people in my life trying, you know, like, um, to be with and to, to love me. Right. And for me to love them. Community was really huge. Cause I, it was like, I couldn't get an, I couldn't get the love that I was wanting. It just wasn't working. And so that was the thing I think that I, if I was going to say that I chased anything, it was probably the affirmation of man. Um, yeah. but, but in your marriage, you were good. Um, I wouldn't say it was, I mean, it was good. It was, it was, you know what I mean? It wasn't, now I'm seeing the Lord transform my marriage in a way. I think the more <laughs> it's hard, right? Cause before it was, I wouldn't say it was bad, but it, there was so much more <laughs> that it could have been. Um, and yeah, just like I didn't love, I didn't even have the capacity to love my husband. Well, um, there was a lot of things that I was like, Oh, you know, I wish he would do this different. I wish you, when I came back from Catherine, he he followed you to Newfoundland. (laughs) When I came back from Sask, I was so changed that I was like, I I started to actually just walk differently. And as I did, I started to realize that all the things that I thought were Greg's problems was actually a me problem. You know, it was just like my heart needed. Yeah. To be freshened up. So, so, before we bust into Sask, Whew, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you you had kids. You started working like to, what with the yeah. photography. Did you start photography? Yeah, I always then? just kind of did it on the side um, with kids and stuff. We had kids young, um, and um, I worked for um, a college, uh, a college in town, doing their social media and their photography and videography. I worked for them full time for a little while um, in between having kids and. Yeah. And then we, um, then you up and went to Costa Rica. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, yeah. Sounded cool. It was fun. You know what? People keep saying, they're like, why would you come back here? Uh, We built a house there. Um, it was, you know, sunny every day, but, um, you know, Todd, the favor of the Lord was not on us in Costa Rica. Do you know what? It's not always, the grass isn't always greener on the other side either, right? We learned, even my kids especially learned a great lesson in contentment. We think when people ask them, Hey, don't you miss Costa Rica? They're like, Nope. Cause their friends are here and their church is here and consistency and like all those things. They were like that, that meant more to them than surfing every day and hiking waterfalls. So I think that's a pretty cool thing that they learned pretty young. And I learned cause I'd actually 
struggled with that my whole life. I've traveled a lot and it's always, again, just searching for that more. Um, You know what I mean? I really was searching for the more in the healthiest ways that I knew how, but it still wasn't Jesus. So, yeah. 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 And it's not the country because you were down there and you were in an area with, that was really predominantly expats, right? Yeah. Down there. Yeah. Um, But you had said that you didn't really, there wasn't, you didn't really have like a church connection or like that spiritual connection with groups of people or did did you a little bit? We did have a church, but um, um, there was like one within like a three hour radius of where we lived. And, um, and also it's just Costa Rica is really transient in terms of people that are coming in expats. They, they move in, they move out. I mean, people, the longest people you generally stay maybe two years, you know, some, there's always exceptions and there's people that have been living there for a long time, but um, generally people, we would make friends and then they would leave. Um, and so that was a, when I say my kids learned contentment, like when they came back, they were like, yes, you know, consist like we have constant friends and a constant church where nothing's changing. That meant something to them because in Costa Rica, everything changed all the time in terms of people coming in and out of their lives. So we couldn't, the community that we wanted to build there, just, you couldn't build. Yeah. Cause it was always changing. Yeah. And then I guess you get into a thing where you meet new people kind of in the back of your mind is like, well, I wonder how long this will last. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. So you come home, you come back to Ontario. Ontario. Yeah. Ontario. And. uh, Yeah, we came back kind of like, you know, we were a little bit broken. Like I said, I think Costa Rica, even in terms of, yeah, it just wasn't what we thought it would be. Um searching for that more. And when we came back, you know, I, I remember having this moment in my living room where I was like, God, okay, it's a new beginning. It's a fresh start. I love fresh starts. Right. Cause I'm like, okay, now it, this is going to be the time when everything's going to be different. Um, and I remember just crying out to the Lord saying like, I had, I bought this new journal and I said, God, I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to write in this journal. And I just wanted, you know, I just wanted to find the more and I was going to be obedient until I found it. And so I said, okay, God, I'm here. I'm, it's a fresh start. I'm going to open up my Bible. I don't know if you've ever done this when I was a kid. I used to always like open up my Bible and be like, okay, like close my eyes, open it up and be like, what do you have to say to me, God? And just like whatever page it fell to. So I did that and I ended up in numbers and I was like, just defeated immediately. I'm like, why? I was like, God, what are you going to say to me in numbers? I don't know. Like, (laughs) What what are you what are you going to say here? Um, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, "Just read it, just read it." So I did, and it was you know when the Israelites were coming about to come into the Promised Land, and God warns them you know of their fate should they not choose to obey Him fully when they go into the Promised Land. He says, you know, cast out all the idols there and demolish all their high places, or it's not going to go well for you in this new land that I'm giving you. It'll always be barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides, you know, and. Um, I immediately start to wet, weep because I, I realized that God was actually saying to me, like, Catherine, yeah, you're, you're going all these new places. You're trying all these different things. You're trying to find them more, but it's never going to go well for you if you don't get rid of your idols. You have a lot of high places above me. Um, get rid of them, <laughs> you know? And um, so I asked God to just reveal to me what those were, and he did. And, um, and so, yeah, over the next, you know, probably three months, reading my Bible every day, even when I didn't feel it, I wasn't hungry, Todd. I wasn't hungry, but I read my Bible and I, he always spoke to me. Um, and, 
and yeah, it was just being obedient. Yeah. So it was a sweet time. So let's uh, share the story of what brought you to Sask. So we've talked on this show before about the come together stadium event that took place in Saskatoon with uh, Terrell Smith and stuff. So yeah, yeah share the so I really didn't know a lot about that I just like you know my buddies I run with Disciple City Gang they were all going so you know I was like oh that sounds nice I didn't really know a lot about it um and so this three months that I was you know writing in my journal reading my bible every day trying to find that more with God um I um that was all leading up to that Sask time I didn't I wasn't going um And then probably a week before Sask, I just felt it on my heart to go. And I was like, well, God, that doesn't make any sense because like, you know, I have three boys at home to homeschool and take care of. And also the tickets are wild now because it's like a week before. Um, So I was like, that's just not going to work. And then the closer it came, I just like felt this, the God telling me to go, go, go. And so like less, like probably just over 24 hours before Sask. (laughs) I booked a ticket because someone in my family offered to pay for it. Wow. And it was pricey, man. So I was like, wow, okay, all right. And my husband was like so encouraging. He's like, nope, like, you know, my parents are going to watch the boys and you can just go. Don't worry about a thing. We've got it all. And I was like, (laughs) I actually didn't want to (laughs) go. So, but all these doors had opened up and I felt like I had to. And I was like, I don't want to go. And I was so resistant the night before. I mean, like I said, it was like, 24 hours before that I booked the ticket. But the night before I left, um, I felt so attacked spiritually. Like I remember sitting on the couch with my husband and he was like, I don't, he, he said to me later, like, I didn't even know who you were. It was like, you know, like a demon was coming out of you. Like I was like screaming and crying and saying, I didn't want to go. It didn't even make any sense. It's awesome. Yeah. I did like the de- like the devil did not want me to go. Yeah. Come on. He's so weak and puny anyway, but he didn't want me to go. And I, I was like, said to my husband, I'm like, I know we spend all this money. I just, I can't go. I can't go. He's like, you're going to go. <laughs> so the next day comes and I go to the airport, just, you know, saw, hadn't slept all night, just a mess. Like, God, I, what am I doing here? What? I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight. I don't, I didn't know anything. I had no plans. Um, just that I, you know, messaged Adam and Melissa and said, Hey, you know, do you need a photographer? I'll bring my camera. So I did. Um, and I got to the airport and I just remember sitting there and reading my Bible and I'm just like, God, I feel so lonely. Cause, and that's, that's the spot, right? Like that, the devil knows, like, I hate to be by myself. I hate, I even had some stuff going on at the time where in, in relationships with people where people were mad at me and I hate that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so here I am sitting here feeling like unloved and alone and I'm in this airport full of all these people and I say, God, I'm lonely. And all of a sudden this guy sits down next to me and um, he's like, oh, sweet book. Cause I'm reading my Bible. He's like, cool book. Like I've got one too. I'm like, oh, sweet. Anyway, he ends up being an evangelist. His flight got canceled. He was rerouted through Toronto an evangelist from the States that was going to this very stadium event. Um, so we started talking and he just encouraged me. It was just a, you know, it just felt like God brought him there when I said, he got him lonely, you know, just that such a caring father that he'd be like, yeah, well, here's someone to encourage you, you know? Um, so we get on the plane, he's at the front of the plane. I'm at the back of the plane. And I'm like, I sit down, I'm like, ah, shoot. I should have asked him if like he wanted to share a ride to the airport or to the, to the event when we got in. Cause we were getting in like minutes before it was starting. And, um, anyway, he was at the front of the plane. So by the time I got off the plane, I'm thinking that like, he's going to be long gone. 
Anyway, I get off the plane. He's standing there waiting for me. He'd waited for like 10 minutes or whatever for me to get off the plane and said, hey, the Holy Spirit just told me to wait for you that you needed a ride. And I just started to tear up again because I'm like, my father was like, hey, uh, my daughter needs a ride. So could you, you know, he like, he hooked me up. <laughs> He's such a loving, kind father. Um, so yeah, just even that, just the airport getting there. I just felt like God was just there every step of the way with me. And it's just fascinating hmm. how you can feel, well, how we can feel lonely in an international airport full of people. 100%. Yeah. Which is exactly what the enemy wants. Yeah. Because I was just in my mind thinking about all the, like every thought the devil would drop in my mind, right? I didn't know how to navigate it. I would just, it just felt heavy. Yeah. So he lines you up with a ride to the stadium. Yep. So I get in there with this evangelist dude, gets right to the front of the line. I'm like, (laughs) sweet, you know? (laughs) Um, So I get in there and yeah, I just start photographing, doing my thing. And then I just remember there was a one point in the evening where someone was praying over the crowd and they said, put your hand on the part of your body that needs healing. And I just immediately put my hands on my heart. And when I did, this heat came over my chest, like fire. fire. Like if I didn't think it was 1%, the Holy Spirit, I would have gone to the hospital. <laughs> I felt like I might die. <laughs> it was so hot. Um, and so, yeah, I go on with the rest of my night, just having a, my chest on fire. Like I just felt like God was like burning up all this junk, you know, just healing my heart. And it went on for the next 24 hours. I'm like, I'm just like trying to be cool, like going out for lunch with people the next day, just like trying to be fine, but I'm like freaking out. And, um, so we get to the next night and, um, Charity Gale is there. She's singing a set, um, really great artist. And she starts singing this song called throne room. And, um, it it gets to the bridge and the words say, you know, the veil is torn, the doors swing wide. I see glory as I run inside the throne room before you, I bow. And all of a sudden I was in a vision when she started to sing this and, and the, in the vision, the doors flung wide and I was running towards this bright, bright light and all these dark trees were crouching in around me. And, um, and so I was running towards this light. And when I, I got to the light, I saw the face of Jesus and I was like, in that moment, I, I actually fully understood his love for me and it just, and the burning stopped and I was just healed. I just had a new heart. I just knew that I did. And I was, I fell to my face in the vision. And when I woke up, I was on my face. So I guess in real life, um, <laughs> I don't know. it was wild. I never experienced anything like that. Um, and I think the cool thing too, is that no one touched me. Like no one, no one prayed with me. Nobody like laid hands on me to heal me. Like nobody, it was all God. And I think he just knew that I needed that too. Yeah. He, he knows us so, you know, intimately, even if we don't know him intimately yet. Right. And so he, everything he did was exactly what I needed. I feel like, um, so yeah, I wake up on my face. Funny story too, about the, the running in this vision. I have, I forgot about this. After my husband sent me this picture that he found in his parents' basement that I painted this picture when I was like 19 years old of a girl running towards a bright white light and these dark trees were crouching in around her. Come on. I still have it. Yeah. He sent me a picture and I was like, what? I forgot about that. Wow. So this vision, this like painting that I did when I was, you know, a kid. And now this, this was the vision where I met Jesus. Wow. That's wild. wild. Yeah. So many cool things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
so after that, I mean, yeah, go on. Cause yeah, there's more, there's so much more. Um, yeah. After that, I got the joy of the Lord. I just couldn't stop laughing. I, you know, had this healed heart. I was so free. I felt completely loved. There was no, there was nothing anyone could say that could, it, it just wrecked me. There was, it, I, I'll never be the same. Um, there's no one that could ever say anything, right? Like when you experience something like that, his love just changed everything. Like I felt like Saul that turned into Paul. Like I literally had a new heart. Um, and I kept saying that I'm like, I have a new heart. So I go home that night back to the, why we're at, you know, this, uh, camp place. Yeah. Um, but talk about the car ride. Cause I, I think this is really significant and I'll tell you why after you share it. Okay. Wait, the car ride. With the girls. With my girls. Okay. Who you didn't know. Right. Really. Right. Oh, th- originally the first time that I took the car ride with them. Yeah. I thought they were kind of crazy. Yeah. Just share that. <laughs> that was the first night after I had that heat come on my, and I'm driving home. I've got this fire on my chest and I'm like, this is crazy. And I'm in this car with these girls and they're like, you know, laughing and pr- basically they looked like they were drunk and I was, you know, concerned for my life. And, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was just like super judgmental. Like, oh, that's probably not real. <laughs> that's definitely not real. Like when people do that, you know, definitely like a level of criticism or, um, disbelief that that's God, you know, cause they're like, Oh yeah, God did this to me and God did that. And they're like laughing and snorting. And I'm like, this is wild. I'm just going to pretend that I'm sleeping basically. So I did. (laughs) Yeah. And then the next night, right. So then the next night I go home because now you're carpooling. Yeah. We're carpooling with the same girls. Um, yeah, we had a little glory ride home, so that was sweet. But you want me to tell the story of that? Well, <clears throat> I just bring this up to say right. is that just like what you said, oftentimes some like supernatural encounters like that where they're laughing for seemingly nothing, yeah, yeah. right? Like there's no jokes or whatever, yep. but they're having this Holy Spirit laugh, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. And it's almost our instinct to dismiss it, deny it. This isn't real. Yes. Why would God do that? Exactly. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I'm going to pretend I'm sleeping. Like, I mean, it's just yeah. interesting to me because it's a very normal, yeah. natural reaction from Christians. Yes. Let yeah. alone somebody who's not a Christian. Right. But at the same time, as you're having those doubts, your heart's on fire. Yeah. Inside Literally, your I, body all yeah. day. So you're the crazy one. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not telling anyone. And these girls are actually like being crazy. So I'm like, I don't know, like... <laughs> reel it back ladies, you know? Um, of course that night after I got completely set free and, and healed, we're driving back and I'm, you know, it's a glory ride with everybody. And I'm like, I get it. (laughs) Um, and then we get back and I remember waking up that next morning and just like to dreams and visions. And like, I was, I was, I cannot say anything other than that. I felt wild. And I would open the Bible. I was so hungry for the word of God. And when I would open the Bible, um, I would just start laughing and God would like, I don't even have these, like, I didn't have verses memorized, but they would just come to me. Like man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, (laughs) I would just start laughing. God was like teaching me, um, you know, as I opened the Bible, it was no longer my whole life. I read the Bible and I gained wisdom from it. You know what I mean? It's not like I wasn't gaining anything from it, but now Holy Spirit was speaking to me as I read it and I got everything on a completely different level and I couldn't put it down. Like now, even right, even to this day, I don't go anywhere without my Bible. My Bible's right there in my purse. Like I, sometimes I forget my phone, but I will never forget to bring my Bible. I'm just like, 
I'm so hungry. Um, so that was so wildly different. And that's what I've been praying for. I've been praying, God, give me this hunger, give me this more. And now I had it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we mean by heavy revy, just a revelation. Yeah. That's so heavy yeah. and intense. Yeah. Like nobody could have told and, and because I'm a stubborn girl, <laughs> nobody can tell me <laughs> I almost have to like, yeah, I felt like yeah, I had to experience it. Like, I don't know. God just knew what I needed and he, and he just showed up. And I think it had just to go back to pre Sask. I think it did have a lot to do with my obedience leading up to that time in being in his word and chasing after him. Cause you know, God says like, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I was, for the first time in my life, I was seeking him with all my heart, even though the feelings weren't there, right? Like feelings can be so fleeting, but it's just, you know, I was like, I'm going to obey you, God, and I'm going to surrender to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so coming home, yeah, you kind of alluded to this a bit. So you come home from this now, now you're hungry and you're in the word and, and immediately this started being a hugely positive effect on your marriage to just to begin with. Yeah. And even my kids, I mean, I came home, like I said, after that moment, when I met Jesus, I didn't eat. I couldn't eat. I wasn't intentionally fasting. I literally just couldn't eat because I was so hungry for God. And I was laughing, continue. I was falling on the floor. I mean, I looked mad. I looked crazy, I'm sure. And I get home and I'm still, I can't eat. I didn't eat food for probably three or four days after I came home. I was just laughing. My kids were like, you know, kids are great because they're just like, they'd laugh along with me. They didn't understand why I was laughing, but they just start <laughs> laughing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just started to like, as I walked out this new heart, right? Like everything that would come into my mind that wasn't of God, Holy Spirit would be like, that's not you. That's not you. That's, this isn't, you know, and I would immediately be like, oh, right. Like it didn't take me any time. I'd just be like, oh, right. And then I would just transform my thinking. Like I would just renew my mind. I'd be like, oh, right. Thanks God. <laughs> and so anytime I had the, even a little thought come into my mind, like, oh, you know, my husband did this and that made me mad. I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'm going to be mad about this all day. If, even if I would think oh, I'm going to hold this against him or something, you know, it, God would just be like, nope, sorry, that's not who you are. And it, just, it and I would with joy, gladly go whatever way he told me to. And so, yeah, there was this renewal of the mind, but it was more than that because I feel like when I came back, probably for the next two plus months, I felt like God like had me in this like hedge of protection. Like, um, like he was abiding in me and he was showing me what was available to me and what it could look like. Um, and I didn't do anything to deserve it. I mean, that's grace, right? But he, he was just showing me. And so, um, any, yeah, anytime anything would come to my mind, I would just be like, take that thought captive. Cause the Holy spirit would tell me <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, great. Yeah. Um, and so, and so that, yeah, that rocked my marriage because as I started walking that out and I wouldn't react how I normally would, Greg was like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I started to see that actually, right. Me do me walking in love this way changed the whole culture of my, my home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. So good. So <clears throat> then just before Christmas 2023, yeah. you really felt like you needed to go back out to the rock and connect with some family. Yeah. What, what, what would you like to share or what, were you, what are you willing to share about that? Yeah. So I mean, 
so before, probably like three years earlier, I had, you know, gone no contact with my mom. So we hadn't communicated in a long time. Um, and I, and I tried to open up, you know, those communication doors probably last year. Um, but I think, you know, because of pain too, I mean, it hurts to, for your child to not, you know, talk to you. And, um, and so I think, you know, I was waiting on the Lord when it came back from Sask. I knew that I had to go there and that I had to have a conversation and, and I felt like God was really calling me to, to bring light there, but I was waiting on his timing. And I think, right. God can soften hearts. And I, I don't know. I just knew that he had the right timing. And so, yeah, just before Christmas, probably the beginning of December, God, God really said to me to go and specifically before the 20th, I don't know why I had this, the 20th was so highlighted in my mind and I just kept putting it off. Like, Oh, was that really you? God, Were you? <laughs> so funny. We get in our heads like that. Like, Oh, are you sure? Um, well, same as Sask, the closer it got, the more my heart was like, psh, 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 psh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I get it. So I booked a last minute flight, uh, again, <laughs> like two days before. Um, and I went there and yeah, it was just like, I don't think I had any, um, expectations only that I knew God was going to move and, um, and, and just like right to walk. Cause I, I can call my family up and be like, Hey, God did this cool thing in my life. Right. But unless you sometimes see it, right. You can't really. Yeah. So I'm just believing that God's really gonna, um, and even just that trip. Yeah. I feel like he, um, just like mended relationships and, um, did what only God can do. And, um, and yeah, beyond that, I mean, I baptized someone in the ocean and brought someone to Jesus on the streets of St. John's and, you know, met people in the airport that I'm now like discipling. And yeah, it's just sweet. I feel like um, Jesus changes everything. It's like what I, what he's given me, I have to give away. That was another cool thing too, that I learned. Um, when I came back from Sask, there was this, I remember I, it was like kind of two months after Sask when I felt the Lord's hand kind of lift off of that. Remember how I was saying I had this like ferocious protection almost over my life as he was like teaching me things. Yeah. Well, when I felt the day when his hand started to lift from that and not in a way that was like, Oh, I'm punishing you, but in a way that like, Hey, I mean, I, I abided in you and now it's time for you to learn to abide in me. Mm. Um, anyway, I was at the Starbucks and this dude was like, <laughs> this, this guy was sitting next to me and God was like, Hey, that guy needs healing. Go pray for him. And I was like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> don't make me do this. Um, so the guy actually gets up to go to his car and I'm like, dodge that bullet. Like he's going to go put something in his car and comes back and sits down. I'm like, Oh, great. Okay. So I go over and I'm like, Hey, I'm a Christian. Like I just felt God say that you need healing for something. Can I pray for you? And he's like, Oh yeah. I just yesterday had my knee replaced. And I was like, Oh, so, wow. well, God wants to heal you. So can I pray for you? And he was actually like, he was re receptive, but then when I went to pray for him, he was like, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, well, real quick. So I just pray for his knee. I'm like, how does it feel? He's like, he doesn't even test it. He won't even test it. He's just like, oh, well, you know, it, they say it's going to hurt for a while, but thank you. You're very sweet, you know? And I, and I tried to, you know, and he wasn't really interested. And I was like, okay, okay, well, you know, bless you. And so I, I went and I got in my car and I started driving away and I was like, God, what was that for? Like, did you heal him? Did, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what was that? Why'd you get me to do that? And all of a sudden cause I had actually been praying the last couple of days. I haven't, I hadn't, I didn't feel his presence as heavy on me as I had. Right. Cause his hand was kind of lifting and, and I was like, God, where are you? Where's your presence? And in that moment, as soon as I got in the car, I'm like, God, why'd you get me to do that? His presence just filled my car. I had to pull over. I was like sobbing. And I just felt the Lord say like, 
when I, I've given you something and when you give it away, I don't just fill you back up to where you, I actually give you more. Yeah. He was like teaching me about multiplication. So that was kind of cool. So anyway, just now that, right. I, I can't help, but give away what God's given me. I'm just hungry to do that. Even, you know, I can't, I can't just be silent. And you know, what's so important about that obedience of knowing that he wants you to pray for that guy is mm. it doesn't matter what the outcome is that we see. Right. Because mm-hmm. it could be just that God's teaching you to be obedient yep. and bold. God's showing you that you can do it and he's with you. Or it could be that that guy walks away and just really processes that this Christian came over and wanted to pray for me and I'm a stranger. Yeah. Or it could have been that his knee was on fire and he was <laughs> so blown away. He didn't know what to do. So we just played it off. Right. Because we've heard stories like that before too. Right. So either way. Yep. It's radical s- obedience, man. S- so cool. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> um, you, you, so your things were good with your mom over there. Like when yeah. you were in Nova Scotia or in, uh, in Newfoundland. Newfoundland? Yeah. Yeah. She was super receptive to just hearing what I, you know, my heart. And I was just, I think old Catherine, <laughs> I always say like priestess Catherine would have been more inclined to be like, oh, you know, these are the things that you've done wrong. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. New Catherine has no desire to do that. New Catherine just wants to like laughing. Catherine just wants to like be a light and um, do whatever the Holy Spirit tells me to do. So I did that. And yeah. That's awesome. Yeah things, yeah. things were definitely restored. It's the beginning of, you know, the healing that I know the Lord's going to do in my family. So, yeah. Um, so what's, what's next? What's next for you? Like, what are you hoping for in your journey with the Lord in the next, uh, six months of this year? <sighs> Buddy, I just want to be a puddle of oil at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, when as another thing, when I came back, I was so on fire and I was like, God, where do you want me to go? I'll do anything for you. You know, I'm like, just send, send me to Africa, send me here. And God almost audibly kept saying to me sometimes abide, just abide. He just stay and abide. Um, so this has been a, a, such a sweet, and that if you know me is like the hardest thing. Tell me to go to Africa. Yep. I'm there. I'll do whatever. Right. But tell me to just stay and wait and abide and learn how to, right. was hard. Um, so that's what my life's looked like since then for the last, like what, seven months. Um, so you've really let Jesus take the wheel Yeah. instead of just riding shotgun. Yeah. And, and learning how to do that well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, six months. I actually now am in a place where I'm so confident that God is just going to do what he wants to. I'm so happy to do. If he asked me to scrub toilets for his kingdom, I would, um, you know, it's so I really just, yeah, that's from six months. I have no expectations. I just want to (laughs) be, it's a visual that I had one time, just that I was a puddle of oil at the feet of Jesus. And when he tells me to get up and go, I'll move. And then when I'm done doing what he asked me to do, I'll just go back to being a puddle at his feet. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I have no expectations, bro. That's yeah. awesome. That's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. Just abide. Abide. Let go of the control. Yeah. Healed heart. Yep. Changes everything. Um, Catherine. Todd. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, bud. It's just, it's a really, uh, it's a really cool story and the control thing. Like it's so relatable. Like so many yeah. of us, how do you, 
not want to totally be in control when you can't see him. Right. Yeah. So it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's too, like, you know, I'm like, Oh, almost had like a holier than thou kind of thought of like, Oh, my family's all stuck in this stuff, but Hey, I'm choosing all these good things over here. Right. But really the control is no better. Yeah. Right. Either way, you're just trying to find ways out of like, you know, yeah. pain. Yeah, totally. It's only Jesus. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> it's just Jesus. <laughs> um, before I get to my final question, we'll just throw out a special hello to the freak girls in the car in Saskatoon, Cassie, and, Cassie and Sheila. Shields, buddy, what's Shields, up? Right? Cass. Um, glory rides. Glory. <laughs> um, so my my final question for you is um, you were trying to find the more so if somebody were to listen to this episode and then came to you privately right and just said Catherine I feel like I've hit the ceiling mm-hmm. I'm can you give me some advice to trying to find the more because it's not just found in a stadium event no yeah right so what would you say to, to that person? Yeah. I mean, I find them more now in my living room every day. I literally just weep and laugh before the Lord. Um, honestly, I, like it's those two things that I said I, for me anyway, it was with, when you deal with, you know, with control, I think it's surrender one surrendering to God. Um, and, a, and obedience. I just think that like God says, you know, I, he is his living word get in the word and let him <laughs> just touch you. Um, yeah, he just loves you. You know, he's, he's reaching out, he's calling to you. Um, but we have to get rid of those high places that we have above the Lord. So ask him, you know, God, what do I have that's, that's above you? How can I tear that down? And um, I want to find you and really seek him with all your heart and you'll find him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thanks again, Catherine. Thanks, Todd. And thank you guys for listening. Try to find the more. If you've hit the ceiling, if you feel like you've hit the ceiling, just seek with all your heart. It's written in scripture to seek with all your heart. To knock and the door will be opened. God wants to heal your heart, friends, and God wants to show you more. There's more to him. Someone who who grew up and who read the Bible and who knew the Bible, but just was obedient and sought more, and that book became the living word of God and ultimately changed Catherine's heart and changed her life. And my friends, he wants to change your life too.